We already know that we can't fully control whether or not we catch a cold, the flu, or even this COVID-19 business. We also know that we can't fully control how our body will react once exposed to a pathogen. There are all kinds of different factors that determine your body's response. Some of those factors you can have an impact on, like nutrient deficiencies. Others you can't do anything about, like your age. But even among all the things you can influence, no single hack can control the complex system that is our body. However, when it comes to your overall immune system, your daily actions can have a meaningful impact. By consistently practicing healthy behaviors, you can reduce your exposure and susceptibility, help optimize your immune function over time, and better prepare your body to fight off foreign invaders. In today's episode, I'm going to give you eight ways to optimize your immunity and protect your health. You are a firefighter and an EMS professional. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants and you put your life on the line every day for others. Because of that, you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. In every situation we're faced with, as we see a need, we own it and we act. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder of Ignited and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. The Ignited Movement is a brotherhood of firefighters who challenge the status quo through a forum dedicated to self-improvement and accountability. In each of these episodes, we discuss a myriad of different things challenging the fire service today, from leadership and tactics to how to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally. We aim to civilize the mind but make savage the body. And even though the focus is on the fire service, topics and principles we discuss can be applied by professionals everywhere. That being said, let's light the spark. When you focus on behaviors that put you in control, you help ease the anxiety and stress that comes with uncertainty. For example, when preparing for a marathon, you don't just sit on your butt and eat a bunch of cookies, right? Anyone who's taking it seriously will have a daily regimen that they stick to so they can build themselves up bit by bit for that big day. By doing that consistent work on the front end, you can't help but feel amped and ready when race day comes. The same goes for firefighting. You can't sit back on your fat butt in a recliner and expect to perform at your peak when the tone kicks out. It's not going to happen. Keep this in mind. We don't rise to the occasion. We sink to the level of our training. So don't for one second think that all the work and training ended the day that you graduated from the academy. I talk to my students and clients about what I call the four pillars of wellness, which are balance, endurance, flexibility, and strength. And I've talked about those way back in episode nine. But for today, I'm going to speak specifically about immunity. Focusing on immunity comes with its own pillars that I'm sure you've all heard before, but let's go over them again just in case. You want to eat mostly minimally processed or whole foods. You need to get enough protein, fruits, and veggies. You need to consume an appropriate number of calories to avoid or lose excess body fat. 
You need to move more regularly. You should reduce smoking and or excessive alcohol consumption, if not cut it out completely. You need to get adequate sleep and you need to manage stress. Now, the things that I just listed off are very general things to keep in mind for a person who wants to live a healthy lifestyle and support immunity. However, I operate in a much more specific set of parameters. I like to take that list that I just read off and niche things down as much as I can that relate to me as an individual and what my personal goals are. So for example, move regularly is very general, right? What does that exactly mean? Well, going through all of those things I listed, I asked that very question to each element, getting as specific as I can. So, instead of move regularly, one of my exercise goals is to run three miles a week. Not only does that specific goal make things clear, but it makes it measurable too. So, if it's Friday and I haven't run at all that whole week, guess how many miles I'll be running on Friday? You guessed it, three miles. Another example is in regards to the get adequate sleep category. What does that mean to you? We as firefighters and shift workers don't have the sleep schedule as the typical nine to five person. So for that person to expect you to sleep, that schedule is unreasonable. And it's even more unreasonable for you to put that parameter on yourself. Sleep when you're tired, eat when you're hungry. It's really that easy. If you're a firefighter or an EMS professional, then you shouldn't feel guilty for taking naps. In fact, you should relish in the idea. Your sleep gets interrupted at night, and it's unreasonable to think that you don't deserve to take naps during the day to give your body the proper rest and recovery that it needs to do the demanding job that you have. Keep in mind, you don't want to go all out from the start. You want to give yourself actionable but doable steps. And according to James Clear, author of Atomic Habits, that's really the only way to effectively build habits into your life. So let's talk about your chances of getting sick. Your risk of viral or bacterial infection depends on a host of interconnected factors, things like age, body composition, innate immunity, adaptive immunity, lifestyle, stress, and your overall health status. So let's unpack each of these elements so we're all on the same page here. So let's start out with your innate immunity. These are the physical and chemical barriers that your body naturally produces. Things like mucus lining and cilia in your nasal passages and things like acid in your stomach. Also, your white blood cells are an incredible layer of protection against invading forces. It's literally their job to kill all invading forces, kill off infection, all that. Uh, your adaptive immunity relates to the past illnesses that you've had as well as any vaccines. And these experiences train your white blood cells to fight a specific pathogen more effectively. So like once you get sick or once you get that strand of flu, you're unlikely to have the severe adverse effects or reaction that you previously may have had due to that immunity building up. Let's talk about stress. A heavy stress load and too much cortisol could make you more susceptible to illness. Negative coping behaviors like overeating and drinking like excessive alcohol add to the stress load. Moving on to age. Getting older can mean more adaptive immunity. Through life experience and getting exposed to different illnesses throughout your life, 
you naturally build up immunity to those things that would otherwise cause someone great illness. Body composition. Having too much or too little fat can interfere with your hormone production, and as a result, your immunity suffers. The different types of body composition-related health concerns like heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and hypertension all increase risk of infection and complications during illness. Moving on to lifestyle. So nutrient deficiencies, lack of exercise, and lack of rest are all obvious negative factors when it comes to immunity. The more deficient you are in regards to your nutrients, the less your red blood cells are able to perform in their role. The more you exercise, the more you produce natural killer cells that would keep invading forces at bay. Lack of high-quality sleep significantly lowers your body's physical defenses and doesn't allow you to rest your busy mind. And we all know the type of effect your environment plays as well. The more people you're around, particularly sick people, the more likely you are to contract the illness that they have. The positive side of that, though, is that being in an environment like that also helps you build antibodies to the exact illnesses you may find yourself coming in contact with. Let's finish out talking a little bit about overall health status. This factor is also a no-brainer. If you have um, chronic illnesses that would leave your immune system weakened as it is, then you're obviously at a higher risk than those who don't have said chronic illnesses. So with all of these factors in mind, it's important to build habits that would help you rather than harm you. In that spirit, here are eight tips for consistently practicing immune-supporting habits. Number one, focus on whole foods and key nutrients. To avoid nutrient deficiencies, you should eat plenty of whole foods like fruits, veggies, whole grains, protein, and healthy fats. One of the ways I've been able to make sure I'm getting all the nutrients that I need is by bringing supplemental food to work. I pay into the daily kitty, and I even pay into the monthly kitty, even though I don't drink coffee or watch TV, but that's a whole other story. But I also bring stuff with me to make sure that when I'm feeling snacky, I've got something good at the ready. Another thing you could do is batch cook your meals and then freeze them. So when and if you're in the time crunch, all you have to do is break one of those things out and reheat it. Let's talk a little bit about what nutrients help strengthen whole blood cells' ability to fight infection. One huge factor or one primary nutrient is protein. It's the building block of antibodies. People who are protein deficient are more susceptible to infectious disease. So aim for a serving of protein in every serving or snack that you eat. Vitamin C is needed to prevent and fight infection, and it's water-soluble too, so it's not like you can ever overdose on it. Your body will just purge what it can't use. So don't worry about that. Um, whole foods like oranges, you know, limes, lemons, things like that are the best sources. Vitamin D helps protect against respiratory tract infections, which are going around a lot right now, right? I do find it interesting that we have a virus going around that is paying particular attention to people with chronic respiratory issues. And not only that, people's response to all this is to get outside, which will dramatically increase your levels of vitamin D. So is that kismet? Is that coincidence? I don't necessarily believe in coincidence, but you be the judge for that yourself. Um, another nutrient that's important is zinc. It produces T cells, which are responsible for protecting the body from pathogens 
and cancer. I incorporate zinc into a nightly supplement that I take called ZMA, which is a combination of zinc, magnesium, and vitamin B6. It helps with my immunity and it also helps me sleep like a baby. So I highly recommend taking a ZMA supplement every night before bed. It has improved my quality of sleep. And in our career, it's about quality, not quantity, right? Uh, one, another key uh, nutrient to include in your diet are omega-3 fatty acids. These reduce inflammation and help white blood cells do their job. So a good source of, the, of uh, omega-3 fatty acids are chia seeds, flax seeds, walnuts, and fish. They're all great natural sources. Now you can supplement with any of these vitamins, like you can take supplements if you're not getting enough. Um, but again, just check with your doctor to see where you might be deficient in, and that way you can make adjustments accordingly. Number two, achieve and maintain a healthy body fat level. Basically, this comes down to measuring where you're at and taking active steps to reduce your body fat. Things like diet and exercise. One way that I like to be conscious in my effort to achieve and maintain a healthy body fat level is to live by the rule of hand portions. And I learned this method while going through my nutrition coach certification. And it works like this. Protein should equate to the size of the palm of your hand, your open hand. Veggies should equate to the size of your closed fist. At most, carbs should equate to what could fit into your cupped hand. And fats should be around the size of your thumb. So that is the rule of hand portions. Keep that in mind next time you put together a plate for dinner. Number three, support gut health. Eat foods with pre and probiotics like bananas, yogurt, kombucha, and sauerkraut, which can all boost good gut bacteria. If you're struggling to resolve any recent gut health issues, try an elimination diet to detect food intolerances and sensitivities. That'll help you rule out which ones uh, aren't necessarily good for you or causing you that discomfort. Number four, move your body. Exercise has long-term health protective effects and is a great way to reduce stress and boost immunity. You should have at least one workout in the mental bank that you can do at home without any equipment exactly for times like these when everyone's encouraged to stay home. Number five, moderate your alcohol intake. I know a lot of you may really dislike this one, but hear me out. It's not completely clear how alcohol affects immunity. But there is plenty of evidence that shows heavy drinking jeopardizes your health. It can increase inflammation and can also cause leaky gut that drives inflammation throughout your entire body. It interferes with the body's natural defenses against the influx of gut microbiotics by killing off healthy bacteria. Not to mention, it adds needless calories to your diet. One of my rules of thumb is that I avoid drinking my calories. I don't drink anything with calories in it. I may supplement my diet with a protein shake here and there, but when it comes to drinking liquids, I stick to the no calorie rule. I, I don't, in fact, I don't drink alcohol at all. So this, this one isn't an issue for me. Um, but I recently had someone argue that they drink wine due to the antioxidants. So it's healthy for you. And I couldn't help but think if wine is the source for antioxidants in your life, then you've got bigger problems to worry about, dude. But anyway, number six, get quality sleep. 
I know that it may be impossible to do consistently when you're on duty, which is why it's that much more important to do when you're at home. Turn off electronics, like things with blue light that'll interrupt your circadian rhythm, at least 30 minutes before bed. Try to clear your mind by reading a book, meditating, or praying. When off duty, try your best to stick to a reasonable bedtime, ideally before midnight. Make your room as dark as possible. And finally, keep your sleeping area cool and clean. I'm not sure if you're the type of person who needs the TV on in order to sleep, but I'd encourage you to invest in a white noise machine. This will remove the blue light from your room while you're trying to sleep, while keeping some small steady noise in the background, allowing you to fall into those deep cycles that your body needs the most. Number seven, balance your stress load. I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, guys, but you'll never eliminate all the stress in your life. Sorry, but it ain't going to happen. However, you can find balance in it. Prioritize some downtime for yourself. There are 24 usable hours in every day. Give yourself one to do something just for you. Something just for you. Something like reading a book, taking a nap, go for a jog, or just watch some junk TV. I don't know. Watch Tiger King. <laughs> it's okay to give yourself one hour to do something to help alleviate the stress that you may be feeling. Number eight, remember hygiene fundamentals. You already know that you should wash your hands and refrain from touching your face. You know that. And if you listened to the last episode, then you got a whole lesson on how to disinfect and sanitize your home and yourself when you come off duty. If you haven't listened to episode 67, by the way, I highly recommend going back and doing that. It'll give you some practical steps to deal with this whole COVID-19 crap, and it'll give you some practical steps to keep you and your family safe. If you do get sick, what should you do? Well, you don't want to starve yourself. Um, you should nourish yourself with healthy staples, drink lots of fluids. If you have respiratory symptoms, then drink hot liquids to help loosen up that gunk in your lungs. Add some lemon juice for a hint of vitamin C, maybe even some ginger. My son's been coughing like an old man for a few weeks now, and I have been guiding him through it to get that crap out. This past week, I went on a full-on assault because he's stubborn and he won't just do what it takes to get better. Like he'll stifle the cough and he won't like cough it out. So I'm always like yelling down the hall, cough it out. But uh, I've been inundating him with like expectorant and fluids and having him take some hot steamy showers to loosen up all that gunk so he can cough it out. It's been working, but it's been super gross to witness, but it's working. <laughs> so do what you need to get it done. As your appetite allows, focus on immune-supporting whole foods with protein, vitamin C, zinc, and omega-3s. And if you're not up to eating a full meal, consider making a shake, but not one that's full of sugar, not like a fruit smoothie with like four different fruits in it. Like that's just a sugar bomb, right? I know a lot of people are like, oh, I drink a fruit smoothie every morning. But if it's nothing but fruit and sugar, then you're really putting yourself behind the eight ball. It's not good. Being sick is another reason to batch cook some meals for yourself. So when you aren't feeling well, you can pull one out, heat it up and have a nutritious meal without having to spend a lot of time in the kitchen because maybe you can barely stand. I don't know. Let your symptoms be your guide to exercise. So some people cut out exercise completely when they're sick. I personally don't. Um, if the symptoms are low and moderate, then I, I keep going with it. But obviously if I have 
uh, more serious symptoms, then I'll, I'll cut it out and just focus on resting and recovery. So lower moderate exercise is okay. If your symptoms are limited to like sore throat, coughing, or runny congested nose. Exercise is not okay if you have the following symptoms like fever, elevated heart rate, fatigue or weakness, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. Obviously, you don't want to be hitting the gym in that case or trying to go for a jog um, if your lymph nodes are enlarged or worsening symptoms above the neck. I know that you're medical professionals, but oftentimes it's us who are the most stubborn. Listen to what your body is trying to tell you. Take care of it, and it'll take care of you. Remember, it's important that you are conscious in how you spend your time and energy. Zero in on the areas that you have control and make a real impact. You have total control over your priorities, your mindset, and your actions. You've got some control over your schedule, your health routine, your home environment, and your support team. You have no control over politics and world events, what's on the news, or other people's thoughts and actions. Once you harness the things that you can control, you'll feel more empowered in your life as a whole and will be physically and mentally ready to face any challenge that may come your way. And when it comes to optimizing your immunity, you can address it the same way. Look at the things that you can control and the things that you can't. If you can get a harness on the things that you can control, dealing with the things that you can't becomes not so bad. If you didn't already know, I have shirts for sale. I'm super pumped about this. I reached out to another local Arizona company here called State 48, and we put together a design that looks and feels amazing. So go to the shop at www.ignitedff.com, or you can click the link in my Facebook or Instagram bio. I'll also put a link in the show notes here. Uh, shirts are $28, and they are limited supply. I've got a lot of XLs left, but only a few larges left and smalls, mediums, and even a couple 2XLs sold out real quick. So get your orders in soon. They're all next level shirts, so they fit and breathe amazingly. I love them, but then again, I'm a bit biased. <laughs> As always, thank you for listening to the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. Please subscribe and share these episodes with someone who you think should hear them. As we delve deeper into these topics, we can come together and help each other learn and grow. Remember, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IgnitedFF. Please feel free to shoot me a message and ask questions or send me some feedback. I'm building this community for us. And one way you can become more directly involved is to join the Ignited Firefighter Podcast community on Facebook. This is where we as firefighters and EMS professionals can come together and dive deeper into the topics discussed on the show. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited.